loves to show up because it shows people that are really hungry for him. I'm expecting good things today. How about you? Um, I cannot express this to you enough. It's not just up to me. As far how, as far as how this service is going to go, it's also up to you. You've got to stir yourselves up expecting to receive everything God has for you today. Amen. I want all God has for me. I hope you want all God has for you. Because I'm going to have a good time here this morning. And I trust that you too are going to have a good time here this morning. So why don't we go ahead and stand up. Let's welcome the presence of Almighty God into this room. We're going to worship him now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It is truly an honor, Almighty God, that we can come boldly into your presence, drawing near to you by the blood of your Son, Jesus, knowing you receive us with open arms as your children, children of the Most High God. Again, Lord God, we welcome you here right now. We're going to lift our voices and praise you and honor you. And we're asking you to flood us with your glory now. Flood this place with your glory. We want to experience you, Lord. I know we're called to live by faith, but I tell you what, when you have those God moments, when you show up and you know it's you in the house, glory to God, that changes you. I'm believing you for that kind of experience today in the lives of these people. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We want more of you, my Lord. We hunger and thirst after you. Have your way here, Lord. Again, may the name of Jesus be lifted high. May the blood of Jesus be honored. Hallelujah. We declare this place sanctified, holy, set apart for the master's use. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Have your way now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.
God, we put you in first place in our life. We put you above everything else. We prioritize you in your presence, Holy Spirit. Because in your presence is where we find healing. In your presence is where we find peace. In your presence is where we find comfort and everything else that we need, Father God. You are always there. You are always waiting with arms wide open. Father God, you aren't expecting perfection. You just want us. You want all of us, Father God. You want to take what we've been dealing with and you want to heal it. So, Father God, we come before you humbly. We come before you authentically. And we just lay down everything we've been going through at your feet because you care. You care about what we go through, God. And we worship you, Holy Spirit. You are welcome in this place. Hallelujah.
presence is in this place. We worship you, for you are worthy to be praised. Our hearts long for you, my Lord, to know you in a greater way, to experience you more than any other time in our lives, to go up higher in a spirit with you. I worship you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving me. For always being there for us. You will never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You love us. Thank you for coming out again. Um, thank you, Brooke and Kelby. Kelby was, is healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> um, James and Riley will be back next Sunday. Praise God. They've been gone to Florida, and they're coming home tomorrow. But I tell you, Brooke's done an excellent job leading us into the presence of the Lord. I, I like to, I, I, my wife and I like to watch The Voice. I don't know if you've watched The Voice and stuff, and so I've kind of become a professional uh, knower of voices. Not really, but anyway. <laughs> uh, but I, one thing I do notice, and I, I'm not trying to put it on the spot or anything, but my Brooke has such a pure, um, what's the word I'm looking for, my wife? Help me. Tone, thank you, thank you. Her tone is like honey, very smooth and wonderful. And so anyway, praise God. I know she's my daughter, and I'm bragging a little bit, but that's okay. I'm allowed to do that, praise the Lord. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and take up our tithes and our offerings now. If you need an offering envelope for your giving, please hide. Hide, <laughs> hide your hands right now. <laughs> Raise your hands right now, praise God, and we'll be sure to put an offering envelope in your hand. God is good. God is faithful. God loves to take care of us. Do you love to take care of your children if you're a parent? I tell you, um, there's nothing that gives me more thrill than to be able to bless my kids. And now my grandkids, praise the Lord. I just, uh, 
Emmy is growing up before my eyes, and she's getting older, and now she's starting to speak in sentences and stuff like that. And uh, Plus, she's cute as a button in January. Hi, Emmy. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Some people are probably saying, where did he get that? Oh, hi. Are you coming up here? Probably not a good idea. Preach. <laughs> Amen. Well, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to remind you of, and this has really been on my heart, um, and that is the fact that God is faithful. I said God is faithful. And um, a lot of times, I, don't, I think sometimes we, we say it, and we might think it, but man, this has got to be something that is just permeates your understanding of him. He's faithful. If he has said it, He's faithful to look over it. He's not like a human being. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he's going to do it. Everybody say, God's going to do it. He's faithful. I said, he's faithful. He is faithful. That right there should rock your world, get you so excited, because my God is faithful. Whoo, I love him. He's always come through for me. Sometimes it doesn't happen as quickly as I want it to come to pass, but glory to God, it always comes to pass. As long as I am in faith and as long as I refuse to give up, my God is faithful. Do you understand how I'm saying that? I don't think I can say it any clearer. My God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Has he been faithful in your life? Has he come through for you? Glory to God, and that's just who he is. He's faithful. I said he's faithful. Oh, my goodness, he's faithful. Can I share, or are you going to want to share? You want to share? You want to share, or you want me to share? Oh, my goodness, he has wads of money over here, throwing them in. <laughs> Amen. So do you want to share is what you're saying? Amen. Amen. Um. This as, is my wife, for those who don't as know. As you know, I have paintings out here, and some of them have a pretty good chunk of change on them. And um, I have, since the beginning of the year, been writing down my 10 goals for the year because the principle is if you keep it before your eyes, you it will come to pass. And so every day I actually write it down. And one of the things is that my paintings will sell to wealthy people that can afford them and the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just and so you know the challenge sometimes when they sit there for a little while is to say oh maybe I should back off on the price or whatever but the Lord you know just keeps prompting me what did I tell you he told me to paint and he would bless the work of my hands and so um Yesterday, we had some gentlemen come in from Michigan, and one of them is a wealthy, uh, he owns clothing lines. And so he, I was working in the back kitchen, and my little barista came back. They're taking pictures of your painting, and I think he's going to buy it. Well, sure enough, he bought Tombstone. And, you know, God is faithful, and if we'll just trust him, but you have a part to play in bringing these things to pass and it's speaking over your lives and declaring the word and declaring that you know no matter what he's going to take care of us and he's going to provide for us so that was 
that was just part of what pastor's been teaching on expecting the maximum, the maximized harvest. Amen. Maybe you don't paint. Maybe you work a job. Maybe you are very gifted in other areas. Sow that seed. Kevin and I were talking about, he's sowing seeds of bringing biscuits here. You don't realize sometimes what somebody is believing for, but they're sowing what they have within their hand to yep. do. And whatever it is God's given you to do, do it as unto him and trust him to bring that maximized harvest this year. Hallelujah, Grandma. Praise the Lord. Is um, anybody here for another one? We're going <laughs> to... You might just have her running around and jumping. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There you go. Glory to God. Um, again, we just, you know, again, again and again. Sorry. You wouldn't understand. That's a family joke, inside family joke. But um, I want us to remind ourselves of these things before you give an offering. Because sometimes people get discouraged. You give up on your giving because it doesn't happen as quickly as you think it's going to happen. But again, if if what God said is true, and it is, and God is faithful, you can count on it. It's coming through. I said it's coming through. You just got to keep at it. I said keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. Amen. Our best days are before us, my friends. I firmly believe that without a shadow of a doubt. You just wait and see. Some of you guys are going to be right along because your, your faith is stirred up and you're ready and you believe in it and you're expecting. Others who might just come along for the ride. I don't know about you, but I want to be smack dab in the middle of it. It's like I heard one minister say this years ago, I want to be under the spout where the glory pours out. I want to be the one experiencing it. I want to be the one testifying about it. Hallelujah. And, and, and the God who's done it for me is the God who do it for you. The God who did it for me yesterday is the God who's going to do it today is the God who's going to do it tomorrow. Why do I say that? Because he's faithful. Amen? Well, hold your offerings up and let's pray. So, Father, we thank you right now for this opportunity to sow this seed in the good ground, Celebration of Life Church. As I was praying earlier, this is a church of strategic importance for these last days. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ you brought us here for such a time as this. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ that we're going over. Great financial harvest, we call you in now in Jesus' name. We have sown the seed. Now we expect to see the harvest come to us, Almighty God. You're causing it to come in. The ministering spirits are bringing it in. And Satan, we declare right now you're bound off of the finances of these people, off of the finances of my family and me, and off of the finances of this church. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Almighty God, now. You uh, uh, our, our, uh, we are believing for that maximized harvest, as my wife said, and we're thanking you for it right now in Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. All right. Are you taking the kids? What about all that cash laying around? Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, children, please go with your teacher, my, my wife. Thank you, Jesus. Is there a Kleenex? Oh. Praise you, Lord. Praise the Lord. How many ready for the word this morning? Got so much stuff up here. Hallelujah. Um. I really want you to be pulling on me today. 
I know it sounds weird. I'm talking about pulling on the anointing. Um, expecting to receive all God has for you. I believe this is a service that can change this church forever. Did you hear what I just said? I believe this is a service that can change this church, which means you, forever. This is a year that I am counting on to be exactly what God spoke through Brother Jerry, a year of the maximum, a year of the highest level attainable. Glory to God. I'm expecting it. How about you? As I mentioned last week, you got to stir your faith up with it, my friends. You got to say, I'm, I'm believing. I'm expecting. I, I, it's coming into my life. Because I don't know how many times I've seen people when a word of God, was, a prophetic word is given out, and they get all excited about it for a season, but then they let it go. I said they let it go. But going back to what I've been saying there in our tithes and offerings, if God said it, he means it. And he's going to look over to perform it as long as you're believing it and expecting it. So as for me and my house, I believe it, and I'm expecting it. Amen. Glory to God. 2023, the year of the maximum, the year of the highest level attainable. Now, last week, we left off talking about the children of Israel in the book of Haggai and how they've been suffering all kinds of of hardships and failures in their lives. And the reason for this is because they weren't putting God first. God had instructed them to rebuild the temple. Yet for 70 years, think about that, 70 years they had not done so. And God spoke to them and said, everything it's coming into you, it's going out from you. You know, you're, you're sowing, but you're, it's going out the window. You're putting, instead of uh, uh, money coming into you, it's fall, falling out of holes in your pockets. They weren't putting God first. Well, thankfully, the Bible says they made the adjustment. They rebuilt the temple. Are you listening? In fact, the Bible goes on to say, because they finally did do that, in Haggai 2.7, that this new temple would be looked at as the desire of all nations. I like that. And that it would be filled with his glory. That came as a result of obedience. That came as a result of obedience. Oh, my goodness, I'm getting something. Thank you, Lord. In fact, in verse 9, it states that the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former. And then, and finally, in verse 19 of Haggai, it says, Haggai 2, the Lord told them, from this day, I will bless you. And remind, just a friendly reminder, when God says, I will bless you, that means he's empowering them to prosper. He's empowering them to succeed. He's empowering them to fulfill destiny. I don't know about you, but I like it when the Lord says he's blessing me. Because it means much, much more than someone when someone sneezes and says, oh, bless you. It means way more than that. Isn't that funny? For a lot of Christians, the only time they ever let that out of their mouths is when someone says, oh, bless you. Oh, bless you. Why am I getting hold of what God blessing you and knowing that that's empowerment to fulfill destiny? People come to me all out I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what's going to do in my life. I don't know what's going to do in my life. Of course, nobody ever sounds exactly like that. But, <laughs> but, but listen, and I'm not, uh, please understand how I'm saying this. 
I'm not trying to come against people, but what I'm trying to get out is this. Almighty God wants to bless you. Get a hold of that. And if he wants to bless you, that means he wants to empower you to succeed, to prosper, to fulfill destiny. Oh, glory to God, I'm getting excited. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I concluded last week's service by sharing with you five principles found in the book of Haggai that are important for us to abide by. Number one, stop making excuses for not putting first things first. People love to make up excuses as to why they're not. You're supposed to be seeking first the kingdom of God. Well, I just, I just don't have the time. I, I don't want to miss my favorite television show. I, 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 I just got other things I got to do. I got this, I got that, I got this, and I got that, and my life is just so busy. That doesn't take away from the fact that God wants you to give him first place. I want you to get this in your thinker. If God's not first place in your life, something else is, and whatever that something else is, is an idol to you. And I'm going to tell you a little secret. If you have something in your life that's an idol, you're not going to be blessed by Almighty God because of that. But when you put God first place, whoo, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better, I'm sorry. It wasn't too long. We had Christmas, though. Anyway, listen. Why does God want first place in our lives? Is it because he's an egotistical maniac and he has to have the, the worship of people? He just wants it. He's got to have it. Or he's just not going to feel very good and then watch out, world. He'll just start all over. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, in my mind, I just started. Never mind. He's not like that. He knows when you put him first, it's going to open your life up to greater blessings. It's going to open your life up to being used by him in a greater way. It's going to open your life up to an enablement, a divine enablement to walk out and fulfill your destiny. The reason you're here on this planet right now. I, I, I don't want you to go through this life struggling and asking the question, why am I here? Why am I here? If you are a child of God, all you got to do is ask daddy. And he will reveal it to you. He will show you exactly what it is you're supposed to be doing. And not only that, if you give him first place, he not only will show you what it is, he will empower you to fulfill it, to walk it out. Oh, glory to God. I tell you what, that's some good preaching. <laughs> now, I want to share with you this morning some scriptures that speak to what we should be putting first in our lives. Deuteronomy 6.5. I got a lot of scriptures here. Oh, I got a lot of time. Praise the Lord. At least two hours. <laughs> what would y'all do if I preached for two hours? Have you ever been to a Kenneth Copeland uh, when he speaks? That brother can preach and preach. And might I add preach? <laughs> Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 6, 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The message translation of that scripture says, love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. 
Love him with all you've got. I like that. Matthew 22, in verse 35, this is going to be Jesus being asked this question. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? I, I, I kind of wish they had said it this way. Jesus, without hesitation, <laughs> said to him, You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Notice verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. So first of all, we're called to do what? Love God with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our strength. Is he worthy to be loved? If you cannot find it in your heart to love and worship him after all he's done for you, then you don't really know what he's done for you. If you cannot find it in your heart to give him that first place love, you know what I'm talking about? I was talking about it last week. He, he, everything else pales in comparison with the love you have for him. If you, it's, it, it, the reason a person won't love that way is because a person doesn't know him. I have found in my life, the more I come to know him, and you've heard me say this so many times, but it's the truth. The more I come to know him, the more I fall in love with him. It's an amazing cycle. It really is. Because the more I fall in love with him, the more I want to know him. The more I come to know him, the more I fall in love with him. There is, there is something that is happening in my life, and I like it. I said I like it. What, what is it that's happening in my life? You want to know what's happening in my life? I'm falling more in love with Jesus. And, and, and what is going on is God keeps flooding me with his presence. And God is showing up when I'm driving in a vehicle. Sometimes it's not always easy. Because sometimes when I'm driving in the vehicle and I'm worshiping him and, I, and he's, he's ministering to me and his presence is in my vehicle, I start to cry. And when I start to cry, sometimes it's like it's kind of, you know, your eyes are all teary and stuff like that. And you're trying to drive when you can't really see that well. It's not always the best thing. However, I will tell you this. There once was, I'll tell you a little story. When I, when I lived in Dallas and I was helping pioneer a church down there, I was the youth minister for a season down there. And anyway, I worked at a, a Christian uh, uh, hi, good to see you too. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, it was a Christian distributor. They distributed uh, teaching videos all over the country, blah, blah, blah. But there was one particular girl who lived, I mean, first of all, this is in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. It's a big city, very big city. Once, I mean, for, uh, for example, we, we lived like five miles from where the church was. On Wednesday nights, it took over an hour to drive five miles in Dallas. Tell you, uh, tell, I want to ask you, how do you think that made me feel by the time I got to church? <laughs> but the grace. But anyway, this particular woman said that what she would do, she would start to pray. And when she started to pray, driving now, driving on the highway, she just closed her eyes and trust God. And I just looked at her and said, please do me a big favor. Let me know where you're driving at so I can avoid you. <laughs> That is not wisdom. That is, well, I won't go there. But anyway, I think you can figure it out. So we're called to love God with all our hearts, with all our souls and all our strength. That's the first and great commandment. Uh, Genesis 17, 1, I'm going to read this from the Amplified because I like it. It brings out something here. 
When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Lord Almighty. Walk and live. Now, notice this next word. Habitually. Habitually before me and be perfect, blameless, wholehearted, and complete. In other words, we are to walk and fellowship with God, not every now and then, not when we are in need of something or we're going through a challenging time, not when things are going good, but all the time, habitually. It should be a habit for us to be walking with God. I, 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 I'm reminded of it's Enoch that was walking with God and then he was not. What does that mean? He, he got so close in his relationship with God, it must have been something he did constantly, habitually, walking with God. And he wasn't even born again. But the Bible says he was walking with God. I believe he's just out there worshiping, worshiping him, spending time with him, walking with God. And then all of a sudden, he looked around, and he wasn't on the earth no more. He had been raptured off the earth into the presence of Almighty God. God loved him so much because he was loving on him so much. Did you get that? I'm not saying that you're going to have that kind of an experience, but I will say this. If you learn to walk with God every day, habitually, all the time, it changes you. When you have him at the forefront of your thinking, I, I, uh, I just... I know you know this already, but I just wanted to tell you how much I love you. How excited I am to take on this new day. How I know you're going to give me God opportunities to minister your love to others. Just walking and talking with him, fellowshipping with him, ministering unto him. Because, see, even though we're the ones doing it, there's something that happens from his end to us. It's just like all of a sudden you come to realize he's there for you. He, he'll, he'll, he'll be with you every step of the way. He, he's, he's there to walk with you. And, and you'll become more sensitive to his voice. And you will begin to have that fellowship with him. Where it's just not a one-way communication, it's a two-way communication. It's thrilling. Thrilling to be able to walk and talk with God all the time. All the time. It should not be just for a select few. It should be for all of us as Christians. Giving God first place by living habitually before him day in, day out. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. It says this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with what? With what? With the first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. Not the leftovers, but the first fruits. Of all your increase, of all your increase. So your barns, notice what's as a result, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now notice this for the Passion Translation. Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your first fruits, with every increase that comes to you then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. So what are we to do with our first fruits? Are we supposed to give it to God or are we supposed to give it to the government because of paying taxes? All right. <laughs> 
We're not called to give God the leftovers. What do I mean by that? See, a lot of times Christians have the mentality, well, I've got to pay my bills first. I've got to pay my taxes first. I've got to go buy some new clothes first. Then are they truly giving God their first fruits? They're not, are they? I'm not the one who wrote this, friends. Everybody smile real quick. Say, I love you, Pastor Dan. Thank you. First fruits. Everybody say first fruits. Friends, before we pay anything else, we're called to give God the first fruits of everything that comes in. In other words, we're to tithe off of all our increase before we pay for anything else. I've, you would not know the amount of people that have asked me this question. Do you tithe off of the gross or do you tithe off of the net? Well, let me ask a simple question. What is net pay? Net pay is what you get after, after what? I couldn't hear you. Oh, wait a minute. After taxes have come in. So in other words, if you're paying tithe off of the net, you're not giving God first fruits, are you? Boy, this is going over like a lead balloon, but I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Well, you, that's something that you need to go to a company and they'll give you a, a pay stub. Thank you. The, the, the thing about it is simple. Listen, guys, listen. Whatever comes in, whatever the amount is coming in, and you, I, I, I've, I've sat and I've taught people this. I give them a budget. The first thing I teach people to do is tithe off of what they make. If you make $2,400, you know, $2,400 a week or whatever, just say a, a month. How about a month? And you're going to tithe off of that $2,400. Tithe literally means 10, tenth. It means tenth. So what is tenth of $2,400? $240. So if you were to give God first place, that means you should be giving God $240. Now, a lot of people would well, argue with you. Pastor Dan, I can't afford to do that. I can't make it. I don't have enough money to do something like that. I'm going to say something to you, and I want you to be listening. You can't afford not to do it. Because, listen, you can try to make it the way you're doing it, and I'm not saying God won't bless you uh, 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 to a certain degree, but you're putting a, 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 how am I trying to say? You're hindering God from doing what he wants to do for you. First fruits. When you give God first fruits and you give him a tenth of what you've got coming in, are you listening? When you, got, when you give him a tenth of everything that's coming in, what does the Bible say is going to happen? Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings. Doesn't that sound pretty good? See, I trust God that when I give 10% in reality, and this is something I'm going to read from this book in just a moment. This book, because I'm going to get the book for everybody. It's called Tithing God's Financial Plan. Like I said to you last week, this is probably the best book on tithing I've ever read. And I'm going to endeavor to get it. It's, I've been looking, and I haven't found a place that sells it in bulk. But I will find one in Jesus' name, because I know that you need this. The tithe literally belongs to God. He considers, listen, he considers it holy. 
holy. And I know, again, the argument is that it's passed away. Where, when, when the Mosaic law passed away, so did tithing. But see, people don't understand that tithing was established over 430 years. Abram, after he went to war and he defeated how many kings? Was it three kings that he came? Huh? It was like three kings that he, he went to war against. Came back with incredible plunder. I mean, they just came back with all kinds of riches. Well, Melchizedek met him, who was the high priest. And when he came before him, Abram came before him. The Bible says that he tithed of all that he had. 430 years before the Mosaic law. Are you listening? Isaac did it not too much further in the future. Tithe unto the Lord. Jesus speaks of tithing in the New Testament. Where is that? Do I got that written? Down? Yeah. In uh, Matthew 23, 23, we're not looking it up for uh, time's sake. In Luke eleven forty two, 42, look it up for yourself. You'll see that Jesus talks to the Pharisees who were tithing off of mint and some other stuff, but they were not being just. They were not being uh, uh, loving and kind toward others. And Jesus said, you ought to have been doing that tithing, but you should also be doing these things. Are you listening? Jesus put a stamp of approval on it, which means what? Now, I want you to hear this. What does that mean if Jesus put a stamp of approval on it? Jesus was tithing. Jesus was tithing. And then, in fact, in uh, uh, Hebrews 7, 8, tithing is connected with the eternal and unchanging priesthood of Melchizedek. That's in Hebrews 7, 8, proving that it is a New Testament principle. Now, I want to read a few pages from this book. Is that okay? I want you to hear this. This is at the very beginning of chapter 2 of this book. This is so good. Oh, my goodness. Our money is an essential part of worship. When we give to God, we are giving an important part of ourselves. We are giving our skills, our talents, our time, and our strength. Our attitude towards money reveals our attitude towards God. We have a choice between God and mammon, which is the love of money. We must serve one or the other. Tithing is a practical and spiritual, scriptural way to put God first with your money. To tithe is to bring the first tenth of your income to God at your local church and to have your whole family worship him with it and present it to him. At this time, uh, you, make tithe, you make a tithing declaration that you are subject to the economy of God and not to the world's economy. You declare with your mouth that recession, depression, inflation, poverty, lack, and debt have no power over you. Tithing is a declaration of your independence from the world's economic system and a declaration of your dependence on the economy of God. When we tithe, we are being generous. Did you hear that? We are being, we are simply obeying God. Therefore, the Christ, for the Christian, tithing isn't an option. When you give the tithe first, get ready for a pleasant surprise. It will amaze you when you see what God does for the 90% you have left. 
It will go farther than the original 100% would have gone. The reason is, is that God will rebuke the devourer and remove the curse of lack from your remaining 90%. The Lord wants all the tithe, not everything you have. He doesn't want you to be left empty. His desire is to make you full. He considers your tithe his. It is holy and you should treat it as such. Isn't that good? Now, do you mind if I take just a few moments and read a, a testimony? Because this is going to rock your world. This literally happened. A church in Kansas needed to replace its treasurer. The elders asked one of their members, the manager of the local grain elevator, to take the job. I'll do it if you agree to two conditions, he responded. What are they, the church elders asked. I'll take the job only if no reports are required for one year and only if no one asks me any questions for that year. The man was trusted, respected, honest, and well-known. Though the elders gulped once or twice, they agreed to his terms. They all did business with him since he managed the only grain elevator for miles around. At the end of the year, the treasurer gave his report to the congregation. I want you to hear this. The debt of the church building had been paid in full one year. The salaries of the staff had been increased substantially. A new van had been purchased and paid in full. All missions commitments had been met. There was no outstanding bills to be paid, and there was a surplus of several thousand dollars. The shocked congregation immediately asked the obvious question, how could this be? It's simple, the treasurer replied. Most of you bring your grain to my elevator. As you did business with me during this year, I withheld 10% on your behalf and gave it to the church in your name. You never missed it. Do you see what we could do for the church and the Lord's work if we continue to give him the first tenth? Did you see, hear that? Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I tell you what, I'm stirred up. I thank God that I've got this revelation in my life. I've taught my family about this, and they've been doing it since the get-go. It changes you, friends. You know what? It is? It's an act of faith. It's taking God in his word that he's going to do exactly what he said in his word he's going to do. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, let's get back to this. I'm going to share a few more scriptures. How long have I been going? Anybody? Anybody? John 14. And again, we're talking about putting God in his way of doing things first. John 4, 14, 15 from the Amplified says, but excuse me, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my command. The message translation says it this way. If you love me, show it. Show it by doing what I've told you. In other words, we give God first place in our lives by loving him and by keeping his commands, which under the New Testament is what? To love one another even as he loves us. Can you see putting that first is so important? Can I just, I, I, I just, since I got to do this, there will always be people that you don't like. I don't care who you are. There are going to be people that you don't like. You don't like the way they are. They don't like the way they talk. You don't, way you don't like the way they, they behave they, and act and stuff like that. 
But no matter how you slice it or dice it, you're called to love that person. You're called to love them with his love. Now, to me, and again, I always fall back on this because it's the truth. People don't recognize this. Loving others with the love of God is an act of faith. I love you because he's told me to do so in his word. Are you listening? It's something I'm commanded to do. It's the new commandment under the New Testament. I have to love Mark even though I can't stand Mark. That's not true. I'm just saying he he knows it's not true. But the point being is this. There are going to be times you're called to love somebody when they treat you like, I almost used a bad word, forgive me, Lord. Really wasn't that bad of a word, but anyway. You know what I'm talking about? I heard Brother Keith Moore say this before. You know you're walking in the love of God when you feel like putting your hands around their neck and choking them, but instead you put your hands on them and bless them. Don't look at me in those holier than thou looks. You know there are people sometimes you feel like, you know, you want to just, wow. But you know what it comes down to? I, I just, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. I really told off, I listened to my message last week. I really told off of myself a lot last week. I have been, but I was sharing about that time when I pulled into town and country and the person just walking, lady walking, just, yeah. I had an opportunity right there and then. My flesh wanted to respond. I don't like it. I, oh, Lord, do I have to share that one? There was one time when I lived in Missoula, <laughs> and there was these three guys, you could tell they're younger, probably in high school, and uh, I don't even know what happened because we were in the mall and driving around and I was doing something. And Anyway, long story short, all three of them drove by me and they flipped me off. And you know what I did in my wonderful, loving self? I yielded my flesh big time. I started chasing them, pounding on my chest. Yeah, I know. Thank you. God, remind me to give you a hug after service. <laughs> now, I'm not saying what I did was right. It wasn't right at all. The point I'm trying to get across is I am human. <laughs> I do have emotions. But I'm going to tell you a little secret here. If you want to keep your emotions under check, you got to stay full of Jesus. you got to be giving him first place in your life. you got to be saying, God, I'm walking in the love of God. Great possibility those young men didn't even know the Lord. Don't know, never met him, didn't finally pull him over and slap him or anything like that. Point I'm trying to get across is, is that we have an opportunity to either yield to the flesh or yield to our hearts. We have an opportunity to get into anger or yield to love. I'm telling you right now, you don't, I don't know, the, and again, I can't, I'm speaking from years ago, it happened years ago, I don't have a clue who they were. To this day, they could line all the men, young guys up in the world, I wouldn't have a clue who it was. But the point I'm trying to get across is, even though I may not have liked what they did, I still had a responsibility to love them. And this is something the Lord has been speaking to my heart when I get in those opportunities. And like I've said to you before, it happens a lot when I'm driving. But it's like God speaks to my heart is, do you know what they're going through? Do you know what they're they're facing right now? Do you know how much they're hurting? Do you know that they just lost their job? Do you know that their child's in the hospital? See what I'm saying? We don't know what they're going through. 
What would happen instead of lashing out, you smile. And you just go out of your way to share the love of God with them. Hmm. My wife said she had an opportunity to pray with somebody. This is something she does all the time here at the bus. I actually had people, never mind. It is a ministry. I don't care what anybody says. Right there. That, she, why are you here today? Because you came to this church. She said she can't she, I mean, come to this church. Come to the bus. She said she's come by, and she doesn't live very far away, and she came to church. I, what I'm trying to get across, she, my wife, this guy's going through some stuff, and I, don't, I can't tell the story as she could, but, but the, the, this big guy, she said he's as big as you, and, 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 and I, you know, he shared with me what he was going through, and I just asked, can I pray for you? And he says, sure. No emotions, nothing. And she started to pray, and all of a sudden she looked up, and this man, big man, is bawling his eyes out. That's what it's about, my friends. So that's what it's about. If we're putting God first, we're going to walk in the love of God. And even if you don't like somebody, you're still called to love them. It's an act of faith. Amen. Glory to God. Finally, go with me to this scripture probably most of you thought about when I was talking about putting th first things first, and that's Matthew 6, 33. I'll close here in a minute. I won't be able to finish today if that's okay. But guess what? I'll be back next week. Hallelujah. Matthew 6, 33. Can I just say this real quick? You need to keep coming. I said you need to keep coming. There is something I said earlier at the start of this message. That this church is fixing to change. I'm not going to get to where I was going, but I'm going to get there. And when I get there, it's going to change you. It's going to change this church because what God has done. Hmm. When you have a God encounter and you know it's him, it does something to you. It literally changes you. I cherish those times. Those moments. I know he loves me. He believes in me. And that ministers to me so much. Hallelujah. Things kill me for making me cry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to get to something he said to me. And, and uh, actually a question he asked me. And it was one of those moments. You know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first. Everybody say, seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The Amplified says, but seek, aim at, and strive after. First of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. Now, I want to share with you the definition of the word first. I know most of you probably already know these things. It's not some big, deep revelation. But I believe this will help us all to ask ourselves, are we really putting God first? Are we really putting his way of doing things first? The word first means in the foremost place, the highest or greatest of importance, ranking above all else, prominent. So based off of what we just read in this definition, our priority is to seek God first, to seek his kingdom first, to seek his righteousness first, 
to seek his way of doing things first and to seek his way of being right first. We are to give him and his ways the foremost place in our lives. Now, I want you to listen to this next one. There should never be anyone or anything of higher or greater importance to us than him. He is to rank above all else in our lives. He is to have the prominent place, the prominent position in our lives. Amen. I have said this. I believe I said it last week. The only way that's going to happen is if you know him. Do you know what the Bible says? For some of you, maybe you haven't been walking with God for a long time and you're just learning and, and coming to know him. Stick with it. Stay at it. Because here after all of these years, 1990s when my life changed. That's 33 years ago. Is that right? Did I count right? Yeah. Maybe a little bit before that, but right around that time, my life changed forever. God got a hold of my life. I went from a druggie, a brawler, a partier. I mean, just a horrible life. Stealer, stole from my parents. To God getting a hold of me. I said, God got a hold of my life. And he began to reveal himself to me. And he began to show me things. You know when you have a false image of God? A lot of, and I don't know why this is true, but a lot of men have a false image of God, of Jesus. They think of Jesus as a wimp. They don't know Jesus. I said, they don't know my Jesus. Anybody who was made sin with all of humanity's sins can't even begin to know who my Jesus is because that's what he did. To go through what he did physically, the, the, the cat of nine tails across his back, the crown, crown of thorns thrust upon his brow, the spear being thrust in his side, being crucified. They don't know my Jesus. What I'm trying to get at, this is something I had to learn because that's the way I used to No more. Jesus is a man's man. I want to say this, and I want you to make sure you're hearing this. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And my heart's cry is to be more like him. My heart's cry is for people to look upon me and say, he's been with Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It, the reason I took myself all the way back then and for all those years it's because over these 33 years, as I've been saying earlier, it's been a process of learning and growing and coming to know him in a greater way. I have, I mean, and I, I've been serious. There have been times where I kind of got into a lull, so to speak. There have been times where God had to jerk the slack out of my life. There have been times when I got some spiritual spankings that I needed. <laughs> But through it all, God was there for me. And he's been revealing himself to me. And I can say this with complete authority and complete honesty to you right now. What he's been showing me lately is more than he's ever shown me in my life. I'm ready to start crying again because it's become so real to me. Sheesh. Whoo. 
I heard one minister say, the closer you get to him, the more the tears flow. But I know what he's done for me. Hallelujah. Okay, take over. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. We got to come to know him. We got to come to know Jesus. We got to be. You need to come to a church that preaches the word of God. You need to come to a church that where they're not ashamed of the gospel. We got to come to a church filled with people who are hungry. You got to you got to be filling yourself up with the things of God. You need to read your Bible. You need to be listening to some, some very good podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts out there that are not good for you because they're filled with a bunch of unbelief. I'm asking you right now to check up. Consider your ways. Remember that from Haggai? Consider your ways. You need to be... You need... Well, I'm making up words. You need to be seeking after Him with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength. Give Him first place in your life, and your life will be changed forever. And there's nothing better than that because it involves Him. And when you get Him involved, you... I've always talked about how I love to bless my kids and how I now love to bless my grandkids. How do you think he is with his children that are just sold out to him? That are just sold out to him. Who are living that life of faith, trusting him. Who are giving him first place in their lives. It's very important. Listen, I want you to pay attention here. It's very important that you do this constantly in your life. Consider your ways. Check up, are you you really giving him first place? Are you truly giving him first place? I've come to the realization, if I'm watching something on television, and all of a sudden God ministers to my heart, "Go go to your office and spend some time with me, I have a choice. But it shouldn't really be that big of a choice, I mean that hard of a choice, I'll say it that way. Because, see, God's calling me away to my office because he wants to spend time with me. The God of the universe wants to spend time with me. My heavenly daddy loves me so much, he wants to spend time with me. Ha! He loves me that much. Come away with me. Isn't that a song we sung? I'm not going to try to sing it. (laughs) It's true. You got to be willing to turn the television off. Aren't you thankful we can record things now? Not only can you fast forward through commercials, but if if God calls you away, you can still pause it, come back to it. Amen. Seek first his kingdom and his way of doing things. Amen. We're going to get into some more. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How many believe this is important? How many believe this will change you? I said, how many believe this will change your life? Seek first. Seek first. Put him first. God takes great joy in his children and give him first place. Did you hear what I just said? But it's your choice. He's not going to force you. He's not going to. I have found this with little Emmy. If Emmy doesn't want to spend time with Pappy, Emmy ain't going to spend time with Pappy. And she'll let Pappy know. (laughs) Isn't that true? 
But I tell you, it's, it just melts my heart when she crawls up in my lap and she wants to spend time with me. Or she comes grabbing my finger, even when I don't necessarily always do it, but she'll grab my finger and she'll say, come play with me, Pappy. Come play with me. That blesses me to no end. Amen. How do you think he is? When we put aside the things of this world, put aside those distractions, put aside things that really are not going to benefit you in the long run, spend time God. It will change you, and it will change you forever. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray. You got something? Okay. Hurry up. Come on up. I'm not saying hurry up. I'm saying taking that class I was on my own I was tithing and doing what I was supposed to do but yet on paper I was negative 900 every month I survived and they said well, how are you doing that well I tithed and God took care of me amen yeah there's going to be a lot of times things happen it doesn't make sense in the natural it's because you got a supernatural father looking over you taking care of you amen glory to God um, and this is really important real quick I'll say this pretty close you have to get rid of the stinking thinking you have to get rid of religious thinking that's not the way I've heard it before I've always heard this or I've always heard that you gotta say God what does your word say the word of God must be the anchor to your soul nothing else but what does the Bible say and once you see it in the Bible what do we do we choose to believe it because it settles it. If Jesus said it, that settles it. I now choose to believe it. And nobody's going nobody's to back me off of that. Hallelujah. Let's pray. So, Father, we do come now in Jesus' name. We thank you for the great work you're doing in us. Our heart's cry, Lord, is to put you first, to give you first place in our lives. And your way of th doing things, first place in our lives. You're such a good God. You're such a good God. I'm so thankful for the love, the great love that you love me with, the lo great love you love them with. I believe, Father God, that this is a body of believers. We're going to begin to take this to heart and give you first place in their lives, just as that is my cry, Lord, to give you the first place you deserve, the prominent place in my life you deserve, the utmost place in my life that you deserve. Hallelujah. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, my Lord. And I just pray, Lord God, as you continue to lead me and guide me. And I do what I know you've led me to do by asking that question last week. That, Father God, all of us are going to catch this. Get excited about this. Ooh, glory to God. This is the year of the maximum. This is the year of the highest level attainable. Now with eyes closed, nobody looking around, please. Just your eyes closed. I'm not here to embarrass anybody, but I want to ask you this question. Do you know with certainty, with 100% certainty, that if you left the earth today and you stepped off into eternity, you would know, you know where you're going. 
Because, my friends, there's only one way into heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ, God's gift to you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. In other words, it's not our good deeds. It's not because my parents were Christians or my friends are Christians. It's up to you. Have you made that choice? Have you received Jesus Christ into your heart? If you don't know with certainty and you would like to know today, again, I'm not here to embarrass you. But I want to give you that opportunity right now. Just slide a hand up right now and I'm going to pray with you. Anybody in here say, that's me, Pastor Dan. I want to know. I want to know when I leave this earth, I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to heaven. Instead of the other place called hell. Once again, just real quickly, raise your hand up. I'm looking around the room. Nobody else is. Just me. I don't see any hands. Or let me ask you this question. Maybe you're a Christian. You received Jesus in your heart, but you haven't been living for God. And you need to get right with him. You need to come back to the Father's house. He's waiting for you. He's wooing you. He's calling for you. If that's you and you want to get right with him now, I want you to slide a hand up. Anybody in here say, that's me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't see any hands, so look up. I trust everybody's in a good spot with God. I'm going to ask you guys to do something when you go today. Take the time, whether you're driving home or you get some time at the house, to ask yourself, maybe grab hands with your spouse, and ask one another, is God really first place in our lives? It's a serious question. And you need to answer it honestly. You need to answer it honestly. I'm not saying that you have to flake out. I'm not saying that you have to quit your job or anything along those lines. Do something stupid. All I'm saying is you need to be honest with yourself. Does God really have first place in my life? And you can go back and look at these scriptures, and you can go through them and ask yourself, am I truly doing this first? Am I truly doing what God has said in his word that I'm supposed to be doing first? Because that will help you answer that question if he has first place in your life. You understand how I'm saying that? Our best days are before us, guys. If we take to heart what he's trying to get across to us. Amen. My heart is to continue to grow. My heart is to know him in a greater way. My heart is to give him first place. In everything I say, everything I do, I want him glorified. Amen. It's a choice we have to make, but it is a choice I promise you will change your life forever. So, Father, I just pray a special blessing over them now as they go. I'm asking you to keep them. Bless them as they go. Bless their homes, their checking accounts, their savings accounts, their jobs, their whatever they're doing, Lord. Whatever they set their hand to, I declare blessed. And I thank you, Lord God, you're going to bring everybody back safely on Wednesday evening for our uh, uh, Bible study. Or the ladies back on Thursday morning. And, of course, next Sunday for our next service. I thank you, Lord God. This church is blessed. My family and me are blessed. And these people are blessed. I decree it and I declare it and I expect it in Jesus' name. And everybody said...
Amen. God bless you. You guys are dismissed. Thank you for coming out.